I'm Christy Gupton, and I'm an Employee Benefits Advisor. Welcome to Healthcare Solutions, a podcast where we explore innovations in healthcare, cost containment strategies, and employee well-being. We'll discuss every way possible to turn our healthcare system back into the kind of environment where patient care comes first and costs go down as a result. I invite you to join me to hashtag Let's Fix Healthcare. Well, 2020 was quite a year, wasn't it? Healthcare Solutions Podcast went noticeably silent last year. We didn't record a single podcast. But 2021 is here, and we're back in the podcast business. So welcome to Season 2 of Healthcare Solutions. We'll hear a couple of sequels from guests like Carl Schusler and Vinay Patel, and we'll have new guests like Dr. Keith Smith and Dr. Kristen Dickerson. We'll even hear from award-winning investigative journalist Marshall Allen, who will inspire you to never pay the first bill. So thank you for rejoining our audience, and remember, together, we can hashtag Let's Fix Healthcare. I'm not lying when I say Dr. Keith Smith changed my life. Years ago, I heard him on another podcast, and it opened my eyes to my own role in the status quo. He gave me the kick in the pants that I needed to change my practice and provide solutions to my clients that would actually work. In today's episode, Dr. Keith Smith and I have a great discussion about how free market solutions are coming to your state and community. His leadership in co-founding the Surgery Center of Oklahoma and the Free Market Medical Association is being copied across the country, and he takes that as a huge compliment. As the saying goes, the highest form of flattery is imitation. I believe Dr. Keith Smith is counting on you to copy him, and that's the best way to see this movement grow. Sit back and enjoy this discussion with Dr. Keith Smith of Surgery Center of Oklahoma. Okay, welcome to Healthcare Solutions today. I have the distinct honor, and I'm so excited to uh, talk with Dr. Keith Smith, uh, the co-founder of not just the Surgery Center of Oklahoma, but also the Free Market Medical Association. And so we have such an interesting um, recording here to talk to you about. So I just want to jump right in and say that, you know, Dr. Smith, uh, you changed my life. (laughs) You know, uh, it was David Saltzman's podcast called The Shift Shapers. And I think it was in May of 2017 that he released it. I think I heard it in June. And it just rocked my world. You know, I, I realized that I was part of the problem and that's not on the side of the equation that I want to be on. <laughs> I want to be part of the solution. I mean, heck, my firm's name is called Custom Benefit Solutions. I didn't want it to be Custom Benefit Problems. So when you opened my eyes and in a nurturing way, let me know that I was part of the status quo it changed my whole outlook on employee benefits. And by the end of that year, I had discontinued doing any business with the Bucas, Blue, Blue Cross United Signa Aetna. And I had applied for and been um, credentialed, I suppose, by, by the Health Rosetta. 
And it just started a whole new outlook for me. So I want to thank you uh, for being such a leader and an inspiration. And, um, you know, I also have another quick story I want to tell you about. Um, the, the punchline at the end may surprise you. But so I told you, I, I became part of the Health Rosetta at the end of 2017. It took an entire year of sort of beating that Health Rosetta drum before I had a real valid prospect in front of me. So um, this prospect uh, invited me out for coffee um, one afternoon in, in January of 18. And uh, we were talking and I could tell, you know, they really wanted to, to do things in an innovative way. So I said, okay, um, I'm not going to do this homework for you because you haven't hired me yet, but I have a homework assignment for you. Um, I said, I want you to call your carrier and ask for a claims run of last year, just 12 months ago, and only on musculoskeletal. <clears throat> and, I, and I had a reason for saying that because a lot of people don't realize that musculoskeletal um, procedures are running the gamut of high costs on their health plan. Their, their carriers actually like for them to believe that it's all the chronic disease that's showing up in their claims, but it's not. Um, MSK usually tops the list on high cost claims. So I said, call your carrier, Ashes claims run. And, and when you get it, you need to realize these are claims that have already been paid. So all this money that you're looking at is just money that had flown right out of your account. You'll never get it back. Um, and I said, what you need to do is look on the, the, the list, go down the printout, and all the five-figure numbers, those are procedures. <laughs> and you need to go, secondly, um, to the web. You can, you can Google any procedure code, any kind of diagnosis code. You can pretty much find out what it is online. Just, just search for it. And then after you know what procedures the five-figure numbers are uh, tied to, then you need to go to the Surgery Center of Oklahoma's website and just look at what a non-discounted cash bundled free market price would buy that procedure for, for you and then compare that to what your, your plan just paid for the same exact procedure. And I said, two things you need to uh, test me on and see if I'm right. First of all, what your plan paid is generally going to be somewhere in the 300% range of what you might have bought that for at the Surgery Center of Oklahoma. And secondly, those, um, those high claims on that MSK report really don't represent everything you paid because there's going to be other things, you know, related to uh, the run up to the surgery and then the, the <clears throat> come after the surgery. So they did that homework um, and they called me back in for another meeting. And then I gave them another homework assignment related to their pharmacy benefit. Um, and I just said, if you're surprised by your MSK research, you're gonna be really appalled <laughs> when you start looking at your prescription drug benefit 
but we'll save that for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what happened a few months later, and this is the punchline that's going to surprise you. Their carrier came to them some months later after they were asking too many questions and said, you're asking too many questions and we're uncomfortable with it. And so therefore at the end of your plan year, we're terminating our contract with you. Now, Dr. Smith, I've asked a few other brokers and advisors and I've sort of played out that story. And when I get to the end, their eyes get this big and they're like, wait a minute, you mean a carrier dropped an employer? And, you know, it happened. Uh, And so, honestly, they were forced to hire me at that point. I got them fired from their carrier. (laughs) Wow. Um, But ultimately, you know, I mean, it ended up having a, a somewhat happy ending. But still, I feel like it was it was like one of those things where. And this was not a large employer. They were, they were just around 80 to 90 employees. And so I felt like, you know, they were small enough that it wouldn't hurt that carrier's bottom line. But I guess asking all of the wrong questions that the carrier didn't want to answer. And so they thought if we just get rid of these people, you know, we can keep pulling the wool over everybody else's eyes and still be fine. So that that story, um, I hope <laughs> I hope lets other people who are listening to this know that there's a lot to hide um, in in insurance world, and if they would just start to take baby steps towards transparency, they will never regret it. They'll never look back. Now that's, that's a crazy story. (laughs) So, you know, part of what I think insurance based uh, health plans, um, carrier built health plans, as opposed to what my buddy Carl Schuessler likes to call employer built health plans, the the truly independent self-funded plans where, um, all the moving parts are high performance carrier or high performance solutions uh, that make up that plan. Um, the big difference usually between those those two are the the PPO network that the carriers hang their hat on at the end of the day. Um, it, it's the very problem that employers are dealing with, but they don't even realize it. They think that if you don't have a network, you don't have a plan. I like to call the PPO network the ultimate participation trophy, right? You Congratulations, you graduated from medical school. Now here, fill out this form and here's your PPO participation trophy. It has nothing to do with quality and employers don't realize that. I even had an employer say to me one time when we were talking about uh, not having a network, and, and she challenged me, and I'm embarrassed to say that I didn't have a very good answer at the time. This was a couple years ago. And she said, well, how do you credential your doctors then? As if to say, the doctors you deal with, if they're not credentialed by an insurance carrier, they're not real doctors, right? So 
I know you have a lot to say on PPO networks, and I would just love to hear it. <laughs> well, I uh, also have the distinct honor of having been fired uh, by a carrier. I tell people uh, when I was young and foolish and, des and desired those inappropriate relationships with the carriers, I, I didn't know better. And now that I'm older and wiser, I know to avoid those foolish relationships. Um, we were actually contracted for a short time uh, with one of the blues. And it was because a, um, a large business, a large self-funded business uh, realized that our prices were a fraction of what they had been paying at the big hospitals for the same procedures. And they put pressure on one of the blues um, for whom they provided banking services and said, you need to get these guys in your network or um, we, this is gonna be a problem for you. Uh, and so the Blue Cross people showed up in my office and uh, looked at Dr. Lantier and I and said, okay, we're ready to put you in the network. And it was like, it was some sort of a gift. And Steve and I looked at each other and, and I said, okay, well, here's my pricing. Cause I have it printed out. I mean, it's on a spreadsheet and I've got all the CPT codes and the bundled price and the name of the procedure in English. And the Blue Cross guy looked at it and he said, you know, this is, far too complicated for us to implement. And Steve and I looked at each other and thought, well, we'll try this. Uh, I mean, what's the harm in just, you know, trying this out? And um, it was one of the worst, it was one of the worst things, one of the worst mistakes that we ever could have made. Um, our decision to do that was like inviting a cancer and, and it was hard, it was going to be hard to get rid of. And we were very fortunate that after a short period of time, they fired us um, and they did so because the pressure they were receiving, I believe from the hospitals um, was very intense. And, and they probably, probably were threatening whatever percent discount renewal deal for the next year. Um, they were probably, probably threatened with that. So anyhow, Blue Cross fired us and then we were, we were uh, without a carrier contract, but that was the only carrier contract we'd had uh, the entire time we'd been in existence. So you, know, you pointed out that, you know, our prices are about a third of what uh, someone would typically see in a PPO. Um, I would argue that's most of the time best case scenario. It can be, it can be a fifth or less. Um, and, and it's, I think, instructive for people to understand that carriers don't want any part of the kind of pricing and quality that we offer because that that is not uh, conducive to to their revenue plan. They make more money when things go wrong. And, um, you know, they, they really should restrict the activities of their credentialing crews to finding the most awful surgeons they possibly can in the most awful uh, institutions because the worse things go, um, the better things are for uh, the, the carriers and the brokers who sell those plans, as you know. So, you know, we are, we are a, proud 
out of network with everyone facility. Uh, we, we don't deal with insurance companies at all. We do file claims as a courtesy uh, for patients uh, in the odd case that a carrier will apply what the patient paid at our facility to their deductible. Um, that's hit and miss that you never know uh, if they're going to do that or not. Um, but many patients, even though they're, they have their participation trophy, trophy, you know, kind of lapel on, they find that their out-of-pocket is um, vastly lower if they pay our entire fee rather than meet their deductible and copay. So um, I, I tell people Obamacare was one of the most wonderful things that happened to the Surgery Center of Oklahoma because as a gift to the insurance companies, uh, deductibles were allowed to go through the roof. Uh, many patients then were functionally uninsured. Uh, they had the sticker shock that an uninsured buyer would have. And when patients want to know how much it is and it's coming out of their pocket, then they go shopping. Um, and Shop Health at the Free Market Medical Association blew up. My website blew up. Uh, my affiliate website, uh, atlasbillingcompany.com, blew up where all of the inpatient pricing is, bundled inpatient surgery. So um, pe people started shopping. And, and I tell people that's the horse that's difficult to get back in the barn. Once people know that there's pricing available that you can see, uh, then they go look. Um, and Jay Kempton has made this point many times that even if the patient doesn't have sticker shock, they still don't want to be part of a robbery. Uh, people don't want to participate in an exchange where, where they know somebody is ripping someone else off. Uh, and so the, the availability of visible pricing is a, is a wonderful development. I frankly didn't think that I would see it as extensive as it is in my career. Um, it's very, uh, it's delightful to see. Sure. I got to tell you from an, from an advisor standpoint, it's invigorating and so vindicating to get a hold of a, a, a single case agreement and be able to help an employee see that we have found for them the finest practitioner for that particular procedure. And I mean, you know what this is like. Some surgeons um, have become such uber experts at one particular procedure that golly, you'd want them to operate on you uh, as opposed to maybe anybody else that you could find. So when you can help an employee understand the same thing, like, okay, we got you in with uh, the, the very best surgeon for this particular procedure in a 300 mile radius. And um, furthermore, if you'll go in this direction, your employer will pay 100% of your cost. Did that happen? And we, you know, I am the spokesperson for the North Carolina, South Carolina chapter of the Free Market Medical Association. So, um, it had been a while since we'd had a meeting. I knew we needed to have one and I hated to be self-serving, but I really wanted to tell this story about, you know, striking a, a, a single case agreement with an orthopedic surgeon on behalf of a client of, of mine. And um, 
it was just such a great story to tell. And when I let the folks on the webinar know, the employee uh, was so thankful. I mean, she said, I just didn't even know insurance did this, <laughs> did this kind of concierge treatment. And honestly, it wouldn't have been possible if direct primary care hadn't been involved. So the plan I designed had embedded uh, a direct primary care piece. And so we taught those employees during open enrollment meetings that if they would start first with their direct primary care doctor, everything else downstream in the healthcare system would come to them easier at a higher quality and at a lower price. So this particular employee complied with that. And sure enough, um, she found an experience that was um, beyond anything else she'd ever had in, in her time as an employed person. And I think that's what a lot of employers miss. They don't hear that story. All they hear is their, their broker or their carrier um, banging them overhead about balance billing and how you know they're gonna have such a problem getting a, a doctor to take care of them if they don't have insurance. And so I just think, what a lie, you know, what a lie that is. And, and I hope more employers will start to see the light and, and challenge what they're being told. Um, I bet you probably have a, a, an employer story where the, the, the light bulb went on in a, a real decision maker's mind, not just an employee, but like someone who's running a health plan. The light bulb went on and they, they started to understand and realize they were being taken for a ride. Yeah, there, there are a couple that stick out. One is the benefits director of a, of a bank um, who we deal with. Uh, and when they informed the carrier um, who had administered their self-funded plan that they were going to basically carve out and work with us directly uh, and pay 100% of the employees um, out of pocket. So, I mean, the carrier said, well, the first thing you'll see is utilization go through the roof. Um, and then you'll see that at the end of the year, looking back, you will have spent um, a whole lot more money than if you took advantage of our network and our discounts. So at the end of the year, the carrier was partially right. And it was Blue Cross and they were partially right. Utilization did go through the roof because there were all of these poor families uh, who were functionally uninsured and the deductible barrier and obstacle for them receiving care was gone. And so, you know, at Christmas time, you know, people would show up and they, you know, they had their child have a tonsillectomy or whatever. And they were able to do that and to have Christmas, you know. So we heard those stories from patients but at the end of the year, the bank looked back and they saw that utilization in terms of the number of their employees who sought and received care had indeed exploded. But they understood why and they understood it was because the deductible was gone. What they also saw, however, which was horrible for the carrier, is that in spite of this massive spike in people seeking available care, they spent a million dollars less than they did the year before. And this is a group with 1,100 lives. So it was significant. It was $1,000 per employee per year. 
And it was right at the beginning of uh, the start of this program where you do see sometimes a spike in utilization. So, you know, the bank banker, one of them told me, said, we're actually now providing what can honestly be called a benefit, not just a place in line to possibly access a benefit, but a real benefit. So they, they were very excited. Um, the, the other story I think that sticks out a little bit, uh, uh, my friend John Wilkerson, who runs the uh, benefits uh, for the, the employees at Oklahoma County. Uh, so Oklahoma County is the largest county in, this, in the state of Oklahoma. And uh, he's withstood incredible uh, pressure, as you can imagine, politically from hospitals for administering a plan that he that he states over and over does not exclude them. They just choose to not provide upfront pricing like we do. But um, they have about the same number of lives, about 1,100 lives. And uh, the first year, uh, they saved a little over $3 million. And the employees' out-of-pocket expense uh, saved was uh, three-quarters of a million dollars. And I can't count the number of times that any number of employees of Oklahoma County, uh, none of whom you and I would uh, call highly compensated. Right. Um, I can't tell you how many times they told us that because of this benefit, uh, they did not have to make the choice between their child surgery, for instance, and having Christmas. So we, we started to hear these stories in December and this December that just passed is no exception. We, we continue to see employees who come in, beneficiaries of self-funded plans who are run this way, and they're all, it's too good to be true for them uh, until they leave, and then they go back and tell all their co-workers, you know, this is the real deal, this is wonderful, um, and after all this year, you know, we, we did not have to make some hard financial choices we thought we otherwise were going to have to make. Sure. Now, I, I'm remembering a experience I had in a waiting room before I and my two healthy boys vacated my husband's employer-sponsored health plan. Um, I used to go to a, a local primary care office here in my town. And so I was waiting in a waiting room, which I don't do anymore because I have a direct primary care doctor. So I don't wait in waiting rooms anymore. But this, this, was before I switched over to, and, and, and came into the light. <laughs> um, and I was eavesdropping on a conversation with another, uh, uh, there was another mom and her son just within earshot of me. And they were looking through one of the magazines, you know, in the waiting room and, and they stopped on this page and I could tell that, that it was an ad for Disney World. Maybe it was like an ad for Disney Cruise or something like that. And the little boy got so excited. Oh, mommy, when can we do that? We talk about it, but when can we really do that? And I'll never forget it. Um, the mom says, well, let's, we need to finish paying for your brother's um, accident. And it, it was, you know, just eavesdropping. And I, I, don't, I don't have any other data to offer you about this story other than the fact that I overheard a conversation between a mom and a child. And, the, and it was an older brother 
who had basically had um, a broken arm, um, it sounded like, and just a, just a basic kind of, you know, fall down kind of accident. And I thought to myself, uh, let, you know, let's be honest, a simple broken bone shouldn't have a family in financial turmoil. Um, that is not really that expensive. I mean, it's, it's no small thing. Getting an, a, a, a broken arm is no small thing, but it shouldn't be uh, an, such an expensive thing that it deters a family from having a fun vacation. Uh, and, and turns out, I mean, I did recognize this woman and I know her husband is a teacher in the local school system. And so I don't know if you've heard much about um, the North Carolina State Health Plan that was kind of in the news for a, a time when the North no. Carolina State Treasurer had decided he wanted to um, open up uh, reference-based pricing, essentially. And I mean, he's still trying it to his credit. He, he's, uh, you know, put out an initiative called the Clear Pricing Project. And so it, it should um, be available to teachers and state employees, 750,000 members across my state in North Carolina. But ultimately, you know, when you don't know what you don't know, even a simple broken arm can cause a family to be in such financial distress that they miss out on these fun things in life. So it's, it's just so important to keep telling these stories because um, eventually someone's going to listen and the light bulb is going to go on, right? Yeah, that's right. We had the uh, Oklahoma State Employees Health Plan uh, came to us after um, after they saw the savings that Oklahoma County had generated. And when they extrapolated that out, it was somewhere between 150 and $200 million that could be saved if the state of Oklahoma worked with us directly like uh, County did. And um, they, they came to us kicking and screaming. Uh, the legislators really had to get ugly with the state health plan folks uh, because they were under such pressure from the hospitals to do nothing like this. Um, in spite of the hospitals, we launched the program. It went really well. They saved a lot of money and then the health plan shut it down. And they, they politically couldn't just shut it down because the, the teachers and the other state employees had received this wonderful benefit for about 18 months. So politically, they couldn't get away with just canceling it. So instead, they came to me and told me that, well, you know, we really haven't saved any money. And, you know, your prices really aren't that good. And so we need a 40% haircut on all your prices in order to keep working together. So they, they made me an offer. I think they knew I would refuse. Um, and so I mean, we just we just pulled away and, and then the program has fizzled out. But, um, you know, there's a lot of political pressure on the North Carolina state plan um, and on uh, all the all the state employee plans. Um, they're they're meant to serve, as I told someone the other day, as an ATM machines for the hospitals who who pay legislators a lot of a lot of money. Uh, so there's, that's a real weird, um, those, those really are not uh, self-funded plans that are 
void of any leverage or pressure. Those are very political, very strange relationships. I agree. It's, it's frustrating to be on the outside looking in, knowing what we know about the truth of healthcare costs and seeing people just be derelict in their fiduciary duties. You just have to have boundaries and decide that you're not going to work with disingenuous, dishonest, uh, crazy people, really. And just as in our personal lives, I mean, we have to have boundaries uh, with, with some people and harder boundaries with some than others. Uh, and I've, I've decided early in my career, I was going to have boundaries. And if I was working with someone um, that did not embrace the concept of mutually beneficial exchange, then I was going to stop working with them. Uh, that a, a leveraged arrangement is, uh, is a recipe for a shortened life. Uh, and life's too short already. So it, it's just better to not to fight, I think, most of these uh, organizations and people, but just to walk away from them. Um, and, and that's probably a healthier, healthier way to, to, to manage, manage our course. Stay tuned next time for more of our conversation. Thank you for joining our important discussion as we attempt to hashtag Let's Fix Healthcare. Please subscribe to our podcast and let us know what you think. For more information on the work we do at Custom Benefit Solutions, visit our website at www.custombenefits.work.